Hello and welcome to the Gardener's Podcast, part of Garden Church in Southern California. I'm Darren Galindo and I'm joined by Daniel Avila. Daniel, how are you doing today? Darren, I am doing so good. Yeah, I'm so excited to get in today's episode and have everyone hear about um, kind of what's been going on. I've been super passionate recently and for most of my life truly about global missions and getting our church surrounded on that. And so recently we started doing some global missions gatherings at our church um, where we're celebrating what God's doing around the world and then also being able to send people out um, and then bring them back and listen to the stories of things that God's doing all over the world. I love it so much. I've, I've attended some of those gatherings and it's just so cool to see people praying and being aware of our brothers and sisters around the world and the friends of Garden Church that we know uh, personally that we can um, continue to establish relationship with, but then also just rally around in prayer. Uh, that's been so beautiful to see. Uh, Daniel, tell us a little bit about what we're getting into today. Yeah, so today we are going to be hearing some stories um, from a couple of members of the garden community, one of our pastors and one of our elders that got an opportunity to go um, to the Middle East uh, and be a part of a medical mission. Uh, and they have some truly incredible, incredible stories of faith um, coming and transforming people's lives and bringing healing. Um, so yeah, we're really excited to talk about that. Yes, John and Alan um, are dear members of Garden Church. Um, and they were able to go to the area of Kurdistan, which is in northern Iraq. And you'll get to hear all the beautiful stories that they're bringing. But before we get started, Daniel, how can people uh, that are a part of Garden Church find out more about missions and how they can get more involved? The easiest way is, you know, follow us on Instagram, sign up for our newsletter, um, or you can go on our website to garden.church outreach. And we have all kinds of information about what we're doing um, and how you can get involved. I'm so excited to see the different missions trips that we have planned already and in the many more that are going to be coming up uh, in the future. So guys, get plugged in, garden.church. And for now, let's go ahead and go to my conversation with John and Alan. So John and Alan, I'm so excited to have a conversation with you guys to lead us into this. You both were able to go to uh, the region of Kyrgyzstan. And just as a disclaimer of all the exciting stories that you guys are bringing back to tell, there is a little bit of sensitivity to be able to talk specifics. And so we want to be aware of that as we listen to these stories and, and focus on how God is moving, and just let these stories saturate your day today. And so, Alan and John, welcome. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Darren. Thanks for having us. Alan, how about you? I'm also doing well, thanks. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's so good to have you guys here. I wanted to get started, first of all, with uh, Alan. I know you really well. I've had the opportunity of being in uh, a house church community with you. I'm, I'm aware of your heart towards the Middle East. So one of my first questions that I wanted you to to kind of unpack for us is tell us a little bit about your own story in how and why the Middle East and the cultures there and the people there have been so dear to your heart. Um, well, actually, it's uh, been a journey for me just discovering that actually I got involved with short-term missions back in 2006 uh, when I was going to Rock Harbor Church. And uh, from there, I was able to uh, move into leadership development with uh, some of the ministries that we partnered with. And from there, uh, I just developed a love and an interest in just 
you know, sharing the gospel in other cultures. And through that um, experience and going to Africa, South Africa, and Namibia primarily, and there was a few other places in between, but those were the main areas that, that I focused on. I just felt um, through that work over the years, God just kind of pulling on my heart for um, what would often be considered the 1040 window, mm -hmm. uh, which is a longitude and, or latitude between 10 degrees and 40 degrees. Um, mostly in the Middle East and uh, North Africa. And I just felt, yeah, God just kind of pulling me in towards that area. And so part of the reason why we were able to go on this trip was just the process of discovering whether or not that's even, you know, some, an area for me to, to, to delve into. Um, so I'm still kind of discovering that. Yeah. Just over the years, I just felt a, a call into that region. And I know that there's so many, um, it's the, area where, you know, the most unreached people groups are, you know, yeah. so that's, that's really the main cause. And especially I feel now there's just more of a sense of urgency in, in spreading the gospel. Mm. Yeah, no, that's so good to hear. Um, like I said before, I'm a little bit more familiar with mm. that and we'll get into that more of that later, but it, it has been so cool to see this longing in your heart. And then you get to go on this trip to the place that you've been wanting to go to uh, mm -hmm. for the for a long time. So that's super exciting. Exactly. When, when John mentioned it, I said, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah, in. Done. I got yeah. this. I don't yeah. need to know what it is. It's just where, <laughs> is that where we're going? Okay. Uh, John, what about you? Was there any sort of like tension or longing in your heart for this specific region? Um, no, not necessarily, uh, to be honest. I think, you know, Andy Bird from The Send uh, came and, and preached in our community almost a year ago. And there was just a call that was placed on our community around us being a place that will will send people. And if you're familiar with the story of, of Garden, where we're at now, having our own space and own uh, place now, uh, there are many prophetic words just around this now being a resourcing and equipping center. And it just seemed like the time was ripe. The time was now. And we don't do anything outside of relationship. So, you know, looking at the partnerships, looking at where we're, where we're going um, really depends on the relationships that we have and the trips that we've been on in the past, places like India, um, even Mexico, um, different areas that we've gone to have been primarily in relationship. And so we got connected with um, a couple, uh, Adrian and Sonia Weller, uh, who are pastors at in Jesus Culture, uh, Sacramento, and they run missions there. And, uh, you know, really looking at how we partner with mission that has a kingdom mindset. And so Really, we found out about this trip through them, and they said, "Hey, why don't you come along? Send you know, send a few of you people down or, or over to this region, or come alongside us and grow in relationship with 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 what we're doing, but also you know to activate kind of a beginning of of sending here in our community." And so, mm -hmm. just happened to be this region that they were going to, um, the area of Kurdistan. And so, uh, but as soon as we started learning more about the area, the region, the people, the um, the amount of the decades, obviously longer than that, but that have been poured into even the reasons that we were able to to come into that area. I just felt like God's finger was on it, and this was going to be the start of something mm -hmm. pretty significant. Um, and I don't think even Alan and I realized it until about the last training that we had with with the, with the team mm -hmm. of how significant it was going to be um, going to this this region this area that uh, 
you know, the people that, that we were ministering to are, are the Medes in the Bible. And so just connecting to a, a, a group of people that are that God's heart is after, that their heritage is rooted in something much different um, than they know, and the opportunity to go to remind them of, of, of a God that has been calling them since the beginning of time. So, John, um, Garden Church was, in a sense, invited on this. Could you give us like that bird's eye, top-down view of what this trip was and the logistics of what that looked like? We're going to spread the gospel, but there's ways, obviously, to, to get access and to have uh, favor with with the, the places that you're going. You know, there, there's a, a need to provide a tangible thing to the, some of the areas that we were, that you can go. And so uh, we were going as a medical trip and it, there was nothing, nothing fake about it. We had doctors coming with us from different professions, oncologists and pediatricians and emergency medicine and uh, sports medicine, a couple PAs some nurses. And uh, we were partnering, we we're going to be putting on medical clinics where you know, we thought, okay, we'll do these medical clinics and we'll have some opportunities to pray for people. In my mind, it was going to be more of a kind of a mercy trip of, of meeting medical needs of people yeah. and, and and seeing the gospel move. And that, and that would be, that's, that's a beautiful thing. It soon became really aware, apparent that it was much more than that, that um, we were going to be operating obviously with, uh, with gifted people that, that know medicine, but that it was going, the work was going to be done in the spirit. Mm -hmm. And so we operate these, you know, the, um, the goal was to operate these clinics, uh, that were naturally supernatural. So the idea was to have patients, um, that would be seen by a doctor, uh, while the patient is being seen, there's a medical assistant who's actually a prayer partner, who's interceding, asking for words of knowledge, just praying for a, an atmosphere change in the, in the room. Uh, the doctor would, you know, be able to meet with the patient and to provide any medical care that they could do for them. And it would come to the point where that medical care would, would, would no longer, you know, it's like, Hey, there's not much more we can do medically. Um, and I can kind of get into details of what we actually did because the majority of patients that were seen, um, had chronic conditions. So mm -hmm. these men and women have been dealing with these debilitating conditions, um, uh, diagnoses that, that, you know, for the last 10, 15 years. And you can imagine just a people that have been through a lot generationally, uh, um, many different conflicts and, and wars. And so they are a battle ridden people and, and, and you can see it in mm. their faces and in their bodies. And I can't count the number of herniated discs and, mm. um, blown knees that, that came throughout every single time. And so, during these visits, the doctors would meet with them, obviously, and then it would come to the point where we'd say, okay, we, we've done all we can, but uh, can we pray for you? <laughs> and, and it's simple. It sounds so simple, but the atmosphere that was created in these environments in this clinic was tangible. We, we were able to actually lead in worship. They wanted us to worship. They would bring out their cell phones and record mm -hmm. us singing worship, and they would look. We'd had now papers with lyrics on them, and 
they'd look at them and go like, what is this, uh, what is this fire in my veins? What does this mean? Tell me about that. Is that a good thing? That's a good fire. Okay. A good fire. Uh, and so there was just this atmosphere shift in the clinic that we were in. And, um, and when we got to the point to pray for people, God would just begin to move. And I would say 90% of the people would accept prayer. And the thing, you know, they're, they're a, a nominal Muslim, um, mostly nominally Muslim nation um, or people. And so they receive healing from Jesus because they believe that he is a prophet. Um, and so they would receive prayer in Jesus, in Jesus's name. Mm-hmm. So they weren't offended by that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They would receive it. What would offend them in a good way was when actually healing would come, <laughs> when actually the spirit would begin to move, when things in their body would feel different. Uh, and they would say, what is this? So there was this guy, I remember I checked him in, he was uh, limping on the way in and uh, he went to see the doctor and it's one of the videos that we have, but he's limping on his knee. And then after the doctor visit, they really can't do any much for him. Uh, We've been praying for him and all of a sudden he's jumping on his knee and Mm -hmm. dancing around the room and just like, what is this? This is wild. Um, and uh, you I've know, seen that video, and his face yeah. is so just joyous. Oh, he's so uh, full of joy. He's loving it. There was a man who was uh, paralyzed from the neck down, and uh, was able to move his hand and feel tingling in his fingers for the first time. And um, multiple people that received Christ through just an encounter, um, feeling the presence of God in the room, feeling the presence of God in the lobby. There was a man in a wheelchair who accepted Jesus uh, before he even got to see a doctor. And his whole family was there and just were just elated. It was, it was wow, there's some other stories we can share, but that was the goal and that was it. I mean, it was, it was obviously more than enough. It was this place of, of you know, hospitals began with believers. Mm-hmm. So hospitals are, are a heritage are, are, uh, of, of Christianity. And so, Somewhere along the way, medicine got very separated from the church, you know, and it's like this dividing line between medicine and spirit. It's like, you can't talk about this stuff. You have to like, your doctor's like HIPAA violation and you have, you know, you can't share your faith and all the things that I think the enemy has used to, to create this sense of, you know, Western medicine has obviously done an amazing thing. There's amazing things that Western medicine has done and, you know, and it's, it's God given ability for people to be able to operate in ways that, that really help people and help people get healed mm-hmm. uh, with medicine. Um, just as much so we should be anticipating and expecting healing from spirit. And mm-hmm. that's to see that those combined was like this light bulb of mm-hmm. like, why are we doing more of this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is great that we're operating in a, in a, in a foreign area in this uh, to us, foreign area to us, but in another, another um, country, but we should be doing this, here in every aspect of our, our lives. And so it really just opened up this door um, for, for some of that stuff, some of the ideas that we have for, for missions here at Garden Church. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Uh, I want to get into more of those yeah. stories for sure. Um, but just for now, to rewind a little bit, Alan, what was it like for you? Um, obviously, you got invited into this trip mm-hmm. and you were so excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it like leading up to the point of departure and being on the plane um, and knowing that this first opportunity to go to a region had a medical component to you, what, what was that like for you? Oh uh, yeah, it was uh, great. Actually, the the preparation and uh, and leading up to it, um, it was actually really easy in a lot of ways, and it was freeing because John and I really didn't have to do much of anything except for just show up for the trainings and um, you know you know participate. And so there was 
definitely a sense of freedom and not having to like be a leader or um, like be part of the organization uh, of the team. But um, so there's um, that really just left a lot of time for um, just consecration and setting myself apart. And so being on the plane and getting ready to go was just was super exciting for for a lot of reasons, because, um, as you know, I've been anticipating uh, going to to that region for a long time as well as developing, you know, the, the missions program here at the garden. So it was just this point where all these opportunities kind of came together. And that's kind of how we also knew that it, it was time and that, you know, it was a God thing that like the timing was, was perfect. Um, and also knowing that it was a medical component was, was interesting too, because I mean, my, my business is health information. I mean, I'm not in medicine, but I'm kind of on the fringes of it. Yeah. So I'm familiar with the environment. So as far as it, um, like being a medical type mission that, that, you know, I was comfortable with that, um, and definitely comfortable in that environment. And, um, and then the aspect of learning about kingdom healthcare from Dr. Bob, and uh, just his approach, um, John had mentioned Dr. that. Dr. Bob was one of the kind of leaders for the trip that we were on. Yeah, mm. exactly. And, um, you know, John had mentioned all the, the prayer, and but like just the whole approach um, in terms of like setting up the clinic and getting things ready, um, like everything is just you know, immersed in prayer, mm. you know, from the time when people, you know, before people even come, you know, we're worshiping and praying about what the day has in store. And then they're met at the desk with, um, you know, prayer and people that are praying over the people in the waiting room. So, um, yeah, just the whole process and being immersed in prayer and also um, words of knowledge and the and what happens in the room, which I know we'll talk more about that. But um, yeah, I was super excited to to be off to do something like this. In terms of expectations, having all this like boiling up inside of you, waiting for an opportunity to go, what were some of the things that were going through your mind um, that were maybe positive or negative or like, what, what did that look like for you finally going to this place and wondering what it's going to be like? Well, I mean, I kind of like, I, I released a lot of the expectations I had cause I was totally open to whatever God had, had in store. So, um, and that again, just speaks back to the freedom aspect of it is just, I really went into it with a lot of freedom uh, free from expectations. I definitely had a lot of hopes of what, you know, the future could have in store for, um, you know, potential partnerships and relationships with the garden. Um, so there was a lot of hopefulness uh, in that, but then also just being open, like, all right, we're just going to take one step at a time and uh, wherever God leads, um, I'm willing to follow. What did that look like for you, John? Um, just not, maybe not even in terms of expectations, but just what were some of the things going through your mind on the plane, like what what is this going to be like? I felt a couple of things. I think yeah, release expectations was there for sure, um, but the anticipation for God to move. I think there was just this. I remember we had a very difficult time getting there <laughs> uh, logistically. There was just it was a nightmare. Um, 
some of the leaders there were saying they've never experienced this much mm. tension in getting getting to a region. Uh, and so, without giving away the airlines and all the stuff, um, <laughs> there's, this, there's a particular airline <clears throat> we'll never fly again. But um, yeah, I remember the we had to take a connecting flight, and we're finally flying into the region that we were going. And oh, I just I remember this. It felt like a veil was coming mm. coming off, and I realized how hard it was to get there was going to be the the reason that it was so hard to get there is because God was going to move so mightily and the enemy did not want us to be there. Yeah. And there's something about seeing the land that, you know, I just, it, I, I just knew God was going to move. I was, this is, mm-hmm. I don't think I had, I was there to learn, obviously. I was there to take something back for our community, but then realizing God was like, John, you know, you, I have you here for a reason. You're not, you're not just here to, to mm-hmm. glean you're not here to just write down the things that are gonna we're gonna take back, and you know the pros and cons of of leading global missions, local mission or uh, uh, short term trips. Um, and this is these are these are my these are my people. Like it, I felt connected to God's heart for the people, and I think trips like this can do that. It unlocks and opens you up to the compassion that God has, um, because Jesus never did anything without moving in compassion first. And I just saw. The power, I, I knew it's like the, we're going to move in power and authority because there's so much compassion um, for this region and for this area and for this, these people. Uh, and I really heard clearly from God, these are my people. And I was like, okay, like let's, let's remind them that, they're your, that, that these are your people. I want to touch on that a little bit more. Um, just the idea. And you use the word obvious, but I, I think for most people that go on missions trips, it's less obvious, this idea of going to learn. Yeah. Um, and John, I know you, you, uh, you work here at Garden Church, and um, I, I kind of know you as like the king of creating space. Mm-hmm. You're always, you always have this mindset of environment and what are we doing and how we're intentionally le- leaning into things. Mm-hmm. And I love how for you, it is obvious that you're going to learn, but also... Uh, you did touch on it uh, here at Garden Church. I think God's been stirring something uh, with prayer, and God has used you uh, in many ways to to kind of initiate um, all these things towards prayer and inviting people into deeper yeah. things in relationship with God and presence and and expectation of miracles. Um, how did that balance work out for you um, as you were going to learn and? you know, God obviously speaking to you that you're also bringing something. Can you unpack that a little bit more? I think I learned a new way of praying. I'm very used to praying for people. Like I love praying for people. It's like, I, I, I you know, I, the, the prayer trainings that we have here, the thing that I, I say, it's like, how do you get good at praying for people? We'll just pray for lots of people. <laughs> um, and it's a, it's a muscle that you grow. It's, 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 and it's not something that there is something about it that the more you do it, the more it can, you can just connect to the heart of God for people. And so I, I came actually probably a little more confident in that side of it. For some people, that's like the most terrifying thing. And they'd rather kind of um, support the team in other ways. And there's a beautiful thing about the body that, you know, that's not what everyone needs to do. Or So I came in thinking like, I'm going to be in the doctor's office. I'm going to be praying for people. I'm going to be my element. Like, this is like, this is like, yes, like, this is going to be so good. Let me add it. Let me add it. Um, And my mistake was letting them know that I had some, I was an EMT for five years before I was a pastor. (laughs) Whoops. Um, And so they're like, oh, you have some medical training. Uh, We're going to put you in uh, this 
critical position at the front where, uh, you know, we have 100, 150 people coming a day to see the, the, the doctors in this clinic. And you're going to be the triage guy. You're going to be the, the front line to, uh, you know, getting their, their chief complaint and all the different things. And I was, you know, as a, as a two on the Enneagram, my need to be needed is like, oh, I'm needed here. Let's jump in. Okay. Like, at least let's hit that bill. But, um, you know, I, I had an opportunity to pray for some people, but not as much as I was anticipating. But what I realized was prayer isn't always something that has to be so, like uh, I, I saw a, a move of intercession um, more than anything over this, but the atmosphere that's created, the the things mm-hmm. that are connected to the, the, the way that people are received. Um, I saw prayer in the way I even was, was writing down and asking the patients their their names and like the, the their age and just it was a slowly it was a different kind of way of seeing people that um, that opened up some some of the things there maybe getting off topic of the question you had but I feel like there was just a uh, you know the thing that I thought was going to be obvious for me to to operate in God just wanted to do something else with me and also recognize that. Uh, he's going to move regardless of, of me and, and what I had in mind. And I just, I, I really felt like we were part of God's agenda that mm-hmm. he wasn't a part of ours. Um, and that was a really beautiful gift to see, um, and to trust and to see a team come alive and see, you know, even Alan just operate in a spirit and have, have words and just, uh, be this kind of, um, kingdom, kingdom, uh, bringer, uh, for, for these people was just such a, such a gift to see. And Mm. Alan, for you, what, what were you doing at this time for these clinics and how did you feel in that environment? Yeah, it was, uh, it was amazing. I got, uh, you know, John, I have to say he killed it at, at at his position. I mean, not literally, this is a medical clinic, but there was no killings. He was greatly needed and he he may not have, uh, got a chance to pray as much as he would have liked to, but, uh, like his role was so critical and just made it so much easier for everybody else to do their job and, also made it so that we could see as many people as we did because he got the process locked in really good. So, yeah. But while, while he was doing that, I actually had the wonderful opportunity to be one of the intercessory prayer partners. The first day I partnered with um, a doctor who is an oncologist from the East Coast. And uh, then the second day and from there forward, I got to partner with um, Dr. Bob, who is one of the leaders of the the trip and the kingdom healthcare kind of model. So um yeah that was super encouraging and challenging um because like not unlike John I have prayed for lots of people but I'm not maybe as comfortable as he is in that arena and especially giving um words of knowledge in the, especially in that setting you know in a kind of a medical and a professional setting and then having the freedom to speak into people's lives and ask God for um knowledge about them that that I couldn't know and to risk and share that knowledge with Dr. Bob and and for him to communicate that and hear it resonate with the patients um, was it is just a, an incredible testimony mm-hmm. to the fact that God really can use anybody, <laughs> you know, who's willing and obedient and and present, you know, and so that's so that was my job is just to really be 
be in the room, to be present and to, to listen for God's voice and, uh, and be obedient. Um, it, like God showed up every time. And there was um, a few specific uh, instances where, you know, like this woman had come in and I just had just sensed that she was um, just experiencing a lot of anxiety and that's, was something that resonated with her. So we were able to pray about that and, um, and she felt relief, which was great. So then, but the reason I'm sharing that is because the next person that came in, I was kind of like, okay, that, that worked on the first person, you know, like, so let's kind of, you know, I'm still being intentional about listening, um, but like, all right, let's go with anxiety. And Dr. Bob was like, well, you know, that's, pretty much everybody here, you know, like they're, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're very anxious. There's a lot of fear. They've been through a lot. And so let's kind of like dig a little deeper, you know? Yeah. So, um, so then I just got a sense there was, there was a man in there and he was dealing with back pain. And so I just felt like that he was carrying a big burden. And, um, uh, what resonated with him is that he had been carrying a big burden. His, uh, he lost his, his father at a young age. He was, his father was uh, killed in war and, um, he had younger siblings that he was then responsible or felt responsible to help raise. And then of course help take care of his mother. And that had been around the age of 10 for him. So he had been kind of just, uh, yeah, walking with this, for, you know, for many years, I think he was about, he was a 30 year old man. So we were able to pray for him. His back pain was gone. Mm. But all that to say too, is that, um, we also had translators in the room, um, for us. So a lot of the ministry too, was a witness to them because they're seeing us kind of share these words about people that we could you know, we could never know outside of hearing God's voice and the way that that spoke to the translator. Um, you know, he said he had been, you know, dreaming about something like this for a long time that he wishes like this was like the norm in the field, um, just because of, uh, everything that he had witnessed. Mm. Yeah. I do want to take a moment here just as an observation, hearing both of you talk mm. the idea of willingness and also longing and I love how John, uh, John, you had this willingness to go anywhere. It it wasn't necessarily to this region. It could have been anywhere. And God is using you so powerfully. And then on the flip side, Alan, for you, you you did have this longing, and this was your, your opportunity that you wanted mm -hmm. to go into. Um, and then in reverse, John, you had this longing towards prayer, and <laughs> it's like God, He used it, but then He also had you, you know, funnel your your energy towards this other. Um, avenue. Yeah. Um, and then Alan, for you, having this willingness to do whatever, you ended up being this person uh, of prayer in those moments to really like challenge um, your comfort level almost. Mm. For those of us that are that are listening to this, of uh, being aware, like if you find yourself with longing towards something, that's good. That's God. It, even if you only have a willingness and not necessarily like this longing, that's also fine because, um, you know, I love how just you two, John and Alan, um, made such a powerhouse team with the rest of it. And you guys both came to the table with, you know, one of you longing, one of you willing.
through a little bit of why why do you think God put you where where he did as as that like functional piece and and what were some of the things that you took away from being in that position? I think um, God is looking for those that are going to be obedient to what he's he's doing and something about a uh, you know when you go on a missions trip like that when you go on a short-term trip there is a very the first thing you need to do is to you know check your ego at the door <laughs> yes. uh you are there to serve um and i was you know we are there to be um uh whatever is needed for the moment and i think god is going to use that and i i also think there was just a yeah um he's he's constantly training us he's constantly growing us and so there was just another perspective that i was getting around prayer and interceding and mm-hmm. you know we had actually intercessors uh Jesus culture set this up, but we set it up here at Garden as well. Just that we had an intercessor, at least one intercessor for every mm. single person on the team. And um, so there was some personal stuff that God was doing while I was there, some mm. discovery. There was just, you don't need to get out, you know, to uh, uh, another land to um, experience this stuff. But there is something about being obedient and saying yes. And God is going to use that the way he sees fit. And I think oftentimes we, you know, want God to, to wrap up in our story when we're meant to wrap up in his story. Um, Alan, for you, um, what did that moment look like for you um, uh, as John was talking and, and God revealing that moment of this is why I'm here? Um, did you have a moment like that where it was just like, you know, God solidifying that in you uh, that Alan, this is why I have you here? Overall, it was more of a, a affirmation um, as to the calling that I, that I felt that God was placing on me. You know, my heart for uh, missions is mostly involving coming around like, you know, families like the Tarantinos and um, and supporting them and being a resource and, uh, um, and a friend and, you know, just, we just whatever's needed at, at the time. And um, so so this trip was a little bit off in the sense that, um, you know, it's not kind of where my, my longing and heart is, is geared towards in terms of, um, of missions, but, um, it was just more of, um, but there was a lot of other things that kind of came together while I was there that, um, led to the discovery, like, okay, this is an affirmation of, of the calling. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely where I'm supposed to be. And, um, and just really, um, like accepting that, uh, you know, and, and believing that that is, that is the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, John, you, you had mentioned the concept of saying yes, when God is inviting us in, was there a time that was the hardest yes for you? And is there a story, um, that you could share with that? There was, and it was connected to this, like, okay, this is why I was here. And it definitely took me out of my comfort zone. And yet, because as much as I love praying for people, it's not something that goes without a very much of like a reverence. <laughs> and, it, you know, especially operating in a place, in a land, in a territory where uh, as much as we could be free with our faith, there was a real, you know, there's still a real, um, real thing that, those that would profess Jesus as Lord, they're going to, they're going to face, uh, they're going to face a lot more persecution. Their lives not, might not be in danger, but, um, maybe for some, but it's more of 
the um, there's a cost to it. And so, and I knew that where we were operating, what we were doing, you know, as much as we were a medical team, they knew that we were believers, knew we were we were Christians. So it wasn't like we were we were lying to them. Yeah. But just we wanted to honor and know that actually there were relationships forged for decades that even gave us the opportunity to be there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to ruin those yeah. uh, and, mm-hmm. and destroy those relationships or just kind of, you know, uh, not, not respect kind of the ways that we've gotten there and know that, you know, there'll be teams after us, you know? And so there was one moment where we were invited to, um, kind of a, an area, uh, one of the, one of the officials that was, was hosting us invited us to his home and, um, soon found out that the, the lunch that we were at was, was attended by, uh, a lot more officials from that area, mm-hmm. uh, government officials and military officials and people of power and influence. And I remember looking at Alan and just being like, what are we doing here? This is, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> and I think even some of the people on our team, uh, were that knew we were going, were like, yeah, we didn't expect this. Uh, so they pulled out all the stops. They had this, um, oh, they had this, uh, was it, it was, it was, was it sheep or was it goat? Uh, it's a uh, lamb. It was yeah, a lamb. Yeah, yeah. Lamb. You don't want, you don't want sheep. <laughs> it was a lamb. Uh, they had this, this lamb on a spit and I remember, oh my gosh, I just, I can taste it right now. Uh, but they gave us just, you know, the choice cut, like you don't, you can't get in a restaurant, you can't get anywhere unless mm. you, you have a, a whole, whole lamb. A lamb. lamb. Yeah. <laughs> <For> a fire. <laughs> yeah. And so I remember eating this thing next to this, next to this official and I'm talking to him about, and the struggles of, of the region and just learning about more of the context. And another thing, you know, the media just really distorts um, a lot, as, as we all know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, in, in all different ways. And so just being there and hearing from the people, you're just like, oh, I have such a, mm. like, a real perspective of what these, these people are going through and what they've gone through. And um, so we're at this, this, this lunch and um, they want us to lead worship. And so that was another like, are you sure? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, I lead worship. So we were singing these songs and um, watching everyone sing, and some people are just watching. And I, I my eyes kind of settle on on this couple, particularly the wife, uh, who just the spirit I could see was over her. Mm. And we weren't there to minister, but they wanted us to worship. And I was like, okay, well, God, what are you doing? Like, what are you? And I just saw this kind of open vision for her that she had had. Um, that she was in a room um, and she had uh, an angelic visitation and she knew there was something in the room and it wasn't a bad thing. And I was like, okay, that's kind of a weird, a weird thing to share with someone that uh, doesn't even speak your language and you don't speak theirs. And so how do I do this? And saw her towards the end of worship, started talking with one of our other team members. And so I walked over and just started a conversation. The husband spoke some loose English and um, translating through him, got to the point where I was able to just say like, Hey, you know, I, I had this kind of, uh, this thought I was praying and just, I have a, a word from, from God, I feel like for you and can I share it? And she's like, yes, please. So I shared this, this word with her and, uh, she starts getting emotional and you could tell it really resonated with her and that she had had that experience and had sensed things in the room, but they weren't a bad thing. They were a good thing. And so I talked to her a little bit about angels and, uh, talked to her about, um, God talked to her about, uh, how I know this stuff because of Jesus and relationship with him. So it was kind of like, wow, this is what we're off to the side too. We're not in the center of things. So I feel safe because I'm not uh-huh. being exposed. And uh, the husband looks at me, he's like, all right, what about me? <laughs> and so, <laughs> so uh, I, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We can pray for you. And so I had him open up his hands and we, 
put a hand on her on his shoulder and ask if we could do all these things just like we do here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like it's all I know how to do. Um, <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And so, yeah. uh, I just started praying for him and we had a word just for his business and his leadership. And he really was like, yeah, this resonates. And he was like, that's amazing. Thank you so much. So I was like, great. That was, that was amazing. So we start walking away, then start to wrap up lunch. And, uh, one of the other translators looks over at me and he like ushers me over and there's these four women next to him. And he's just like, do you, uh, do you read palms? It's <laughs> like, I love it. Do you palms? read palms, John? And I realized he was asking me, no, I do not read palms uh, because I had the guy open his hands up. Yeah, like, yeah. And so um, I was like, no, 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 I don't read palms. Uh, um, so yeah, I won't do that again. Um, no, I just feel like I, you know, I hear, uh, uh, I hear from God for, on behalf of other people, like for the people, I believe that God speaks to us and he can speak to us. And so he's like, yeah, 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 that's great. Uh, well, whatever you did for that couple, these four women want you to do for them. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and now I'm in the center of everything. And um, I'm like, okay, God, you have to help. Like, please help. And so uh, this one woman is clearly like, I want prayer first. Um, <laughs> and so she steps up and I, I start just asking Holy Spirit, my favorite prayer help. Yeah. And, um, you better show up. You better show up. And, uh, so I'm like, I just, she doesn't speak any English. And I, I kind of felt a little hesitation from the translator. Um, but I was just, so I just started, just started praying in the spirit. I was just, God, you have to change the atmosphere mm. right now. Like from I, just, I want, you know, a fresh touch from heaven in Jesus name. I pray that she would just experience heaven open up over her body right now that you would just change the atmosphere around her. Around her. And I clearly had this, I, I then clearly got this picture for her and I started sharing. I don't know what she understood or didn't understand, but, um, had this picture of her in this, looking at this lake and it's crystal clear and she is taking a cup and she's just drinking from it, um, from this cup. And then I saw God like say, I'm the water and I want her to jump fully in. And so mm-hmm. I saw her immerse in this water and I'm sharing this image to her and clearly could see the spirits moving. Like mm-hmm. she is, she's mm-hmm. crying, tears are coming down from her eyes. And I, I, I kind of finish and, and I, I talked to the translator. I was like, is she okay? <laughs> she's like, and she's talking with him and she says, um, he's like, yeah, she says that she's on fire. Her whole body's warm mm-hmm. from like the top of her head to the, her feet. And I was like, well, is it good? She's like, yeah, it's just very, very good. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, oh, has she ever felt anything like this before? And He's like, no, she's never felt like this before. Mm. What is this? And I was like, this is the love of God that he is not someone we have to be afraid of. He wants a relationship with her. Can I tell her about Jesus? And he's like, well, we believe Jesus is a prophet. And I said, yeah. He's like, can I tell her about the Jesus that I know? And he's like, yes. And so I, I talked to her about Jesus, that what she experienced was was the love of God and that through Jesus we can experience that relationship that we have um, an ability to, to receive him. And when, mm. when we receive Jesus, we're given the Holy Spirit, which you felt was a touch from the Holy Spirit. So, so I was trying to explain the Trinity to her. I, I, I got as much as I could telling her this and she was just like really receiving. And then it got to the point where the translator's like, okay, okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I didn't want to push it more than that. But I know that she she connected what she experienced to the love of God. She connected what she experienced to Jesus's death and resurrection and the life that he has in eternity for her when she, if she chooses. And so that was like this moment of like, okay, you are doing something. And I found out that this woman is connected to some, some of the other officials and there was, God was moving in that family. And mm-hmm. there's just this undercurrent of God moving um, there that I was just so, it was almost like trust, like God's like, trust me, like, 
you did it. You did exactly what you needed to do. And, yeah. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm not leaving. Like, cause I was like, gosh, we're leaving. We have to go. And now like, what do we do we have to follow up? And, you know, I wanted to get her a connect card or something. It's like, okay, like I have to trust and yeah. And try, and actually uh, just a little, a little bit more, but yeah, there's, um, a lot of the, the people that we connected with have dreams. Uh, they are very connected to their dreams and, uh, they, a lot of have dreams of a man in white. And actually one of the guys there that we got to minister to uh, some other team members, um, shared a dream that he had of about a man in white mm. and he received Jesus because of the dream that he had. And we got to tell him that it Amazing. was Jesus that he saw. And so, yeah, the, again, the increase of prayer, the increase of the, the thin space that the spiritual operates, um, you know, we're so tied up in the physical here in our, in our area and in, in our context. And there is no distinction between the physical and the spiritual. Um, and we saw it just there and know that that's actually, we got to see these thin spaces where heaven was, was right there. It was right mm -hmm. there. Um, and we just got to tap into it and just mm -hmm. I love that. reveal it, pull back the veil a little bit and say, it's right here. It's always been. Um, yeah. And that could always be mm -hmm. a hard thing to navigate on a short-term missions trip is Absolutely. that you want to see, you want to see everything finished before mm -hmm. you leave. Mm -hmm. And the hard part is, you know, trusting God means you're leaving something and you're not sure what's going to happen. Exactly. But, you know, the, um, that's the powerful thing with short-term missions is that a lot of the times having someone new speak into this space can unlock things in such dramatic ways. And I love that you guys were able to see a taste of that with healings, mm -hmm. um, with, you know, seeing the spirit make uh, make contact with people in, in, in radical ways. Um, Alan, for you, like, what, what do you have to br uh, bring to this? Well, I thought, I mean, we really got to experience the, the fruits of, uh, you know, all the labor from the people that have gone before us really. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just, uh, like you said, it was, it was off the charts as far as like what we experienced on a supernatural level. And, and it was really just because of so many people that had gone before us. And so, uh, you know, a lot of seeds, uh, you know, in this ministry, um, yeah. And we got, to, we got to experience the fruits of their labor, yeah. just really just through being open and obedient. And, uh, the team, uh, like, like you said, on, on short-term missions, it's, it's hard to, for a lot of things to, to come together. And the team dynamic was, was wonderful. Um, like everybody, um, on the team was, um, was, you know, we were all invited, uh, we were all sent, um, you know, people uh, were, we were all supported, um, by others beyond ourselves. So, um, and then the unity, um, within the team, there is not really one person that was, um, you know, unwilling to be of service on, on any level, everybody would have done anything that they were asked. So there's a, a lot of team unity. So just the, the team dynamic was wonderful. Uh, Alan, for you, what was one of the hard, hardest things as you were getting ready to leave um, that maybe you felt unresolved or just, you know, that, that pulling away? Um, did you experience anything like that? Uh, getting ready to leave uh, Kurdistan? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, there's just, there's just so much more to do there. There's a, there's a couple that we met that, um, that are working there that, uh, they're, they're going to be staying there long-term that I ha had an opportunity to, to meet and uh, connect with a little bit and just, um, yeah. So just continuing that, um, in that relationship and, um, 
potentially coming around and, and supporting them. So there's some unfinished uh, relational work, um, but it, it, it continues even after after we've gone. That's the the beauty of doing uh, like missions in in this day and age is uh, you know there's plenty of ways to stay connected and and keep keep things going. Um, what are some of the ways that you see ministry happening there in the Middle East, and how are you um, planning on being a part of it? I think really just through coming around um, couples who are on the ground or, or people, individuals who are on the ground in those regions and being um, a resource and a support, whether it's through, you know, regular connection over Zoom or, you know, you know, conferencing, whatever. And um, yeah, and then just constant prayer and intercession for them and um, meeting needs. You know, really, it's it's actually very simple, but I think that the hard part is just being consistent and, um, and persevering, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see yourself going back um, to either the same region or, or nearby regions? Yeah, ab- absolutely. If there if there's the need to, I mean, there's it just depends on, um, you know, who we're partnered with and, and, and what their needs are at, at any given moment. There could be, there might be years that would go by where we would just, you know, continue to pray and meet, you know, from a distance. But if there's a need that requires us to, to be there to support, then yeah, I yeah, see that sure. happening for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, uh, John got a chance to share one of his highlight stories. Alan, do you have a time where you were able to say yes to where God was stirring? And do you have a highlight moment like that? The biggest highlight for me, I would say was just the experience of, uh, you know, being an intercessor in the, in the, in the rooms and, just everything that is involved in that, you know. Yeah. John, you lead so much of our prayer space here at Garden Church. What's one of the things that you see impacting our local community here as a result of you going to Kurdistan and bringing something back? Yeah. I think two things. Um, I mean, something we're going to be growing in a lot this next season is intercession. So um, I think God is looking for men and women who are willing to not just partner with God with their thoughts, but with their words that are spoken out loud mm. over territories, strongholds to come down. I think the reason we were operate so freely there was because of the intercession that preceded us. And uh, I think we need, so so that, I think any of the ground that we're going to be taking this, this next chapter here um, in our community is going to be won by intercession. And it's not something that you're going to even know about it's going to be, we're going to experience fruit uh, from prayers of people that we will never know their names. And so it's, 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 it's prayers that are, that are hidden um, from man and that are uh, coveted with, with God. And so that is something that's like, I want to, I feel like we're going to operate in and this continual kind of realization that wherever we have contained prayer you know, operating in the naturally supernatural, seeing signs and wonders, seeing healing, seeing deliverance, um, the container that we have, which is good. You need a training ground. You need like a Sunday, you know, mm-hmm. experience. You need like ministry time that we have mm-hmm. where those things are regularly occurring, but there's going to be a breaking out, a more of a breaking out of uh, where we operate supernaturally in our workplaces and yeah. healthcare clinics with doctors, with the grocery workers, with 
the waiters and waitresses that people are, are in contact with. It is. It's it's the kingdom of God being at hand uh, every day for everyone and everywhere that people go. Yeah. Um, as a continuation of that, what are some of the things that you are most excited about for our community as we do, like you said, uh, turn the page on this chap on this next chapter? Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that's really specific, Alan, I've been talking about this, and we're probably going to have some, you know, people out. We might have Dr. Bob with us in the future. Mm. I think activating, there's something really on this medical kingdom healthcare model, mm-hmm. um, and not just for medical clinics, um, but any kind of health and human services. We're looking at where we actually have favor. So, you know, there's some organizations and relationships that we have that people are really good at. There's some, you know, we're doing some more work with the Lummi Trust Commission and and of increasing that partnership and some other things that I really feel like the invitation is to activate our church towards seeing God move uh, over people's lives and freedom to be declared over people's lives, healing to be de- to be to be um, seen in people's lives at just a more regular rate. And so that, uh, but the but the medical the the kind of the things that we have said aren't spiritual places, the things mm-hmm. that we have said are secular. I think he's going to turn those back into a, a holy environment. Mm. So I, I would love to hear stories of doctors clinics that are training medical aides to, to have, you know, <laughs> that have a prayer room in their, mm. in their medical office that have, you know, uh, for mental health professionals that there's, there's um, intercessors who are interceding over, over their patients. And just, you know, I think there's just a, a, a breaking of the things that are secular, um, mm. that they're actually sacred. Yeah. And and that's that's going to be, I think, a, a mandate for us as well. I'm that's so good. I'm so excited uh, for those of you that are listening that are that are interested or feel compelled towards uh, this environment. Uh, just continue leaning into the garden community here because we're excited about what this is going to turn into mm-hmm. uh, as we move forward. Yeah. As we get ready to close, I want to just honor both of you for what you bring and what you carry. And and I love that you both were able to go to this area and to be used by God in such powerful ways. And I wanted to invite um, each of you to pray uh, for us right now. Uh, Alan, would you be able to pray for us in terms of the longings that we have um, mm-hmm. that are uh, anointed and that mm-hmm. it's a stirring towards um, an aspect of the world that God wants to bring healing or just his kingdom in. Um, mm-hmm. And then John, for you, if you can pray towards um, just having a willing heart for for our community to step into these actionable things and, you know, get used to the uncomfortable and leaning into it and seeing God move. Um, Alan, could you start mm-hmm. us off yeah, with a prayer? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Uh, Father God, we just uh, thank you so much for um, this opportunity to participate and to um, to partner with you in, in your kingdom, Lord. And we just, um, yeah, our, our heart desire and long to be more closer to you, to be intimate with you, Lord. And we just ask that you just continue to reveal yourself to us, to reveal um, to reveal that our identities in you will be uncovered, Lord, that you will just help us to discover um, who we are and who you created us to be, Lord. And, um, yeah, and just push back against the, the lies from the enemy, Lord. Just We just thank you that you, um, you are who you say you are, that you are just. Uh, you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You 
um, are everything, Lord. And we just want to, um, to do your will, Lord, and not nothing apart from you. So just, um, praying for just insight as to, um, as to the direction that, that we're supposed to go in as a community in terms of global missions, but um, as a, individuals in terms of our calling. And we just can pray that we will continue to uh, lean into you, Lord, to seek your will and um, to do everything in your name for your glory. Yeah, Jesus, I pray for those that are hearing this right now and have a stirring, have a um, either in the way of like, gosh, maybe one day, or maybe that would be something that I can't imagine myself doing that, or I want to. I just, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would impart, that you would pour into and give unique gifts mm-hmm. right now, um, that this is not something they have to experience um, on a trip to start operating in. This isn't something they have to go to a training and to be, you know, get all the the the, the perfect model for. Um, you are perfectly designed to hear God's voice. Mm-hmm. Each of us are perfectly designed to hear your voice, God. And so I pray that your voice would be the loudest and there would just be a mm-hmm. wave of obedience over um, our community that would say yes, that would step into the places that that um, that may feel comfortable and, and especially the ones that, that feel uncomfortable um, and that you would break the, um, the way that the enemy has divided sacred um, uh uh, secular and sacred spaces that it is all sacred. And I, I just, I pray for an opening, an expansive opening of where you are able to move, where we think you're going to move more easy or easier, where we're, we're allowed to do things. I just pray for a breaking of those things. There would be an unlearning of, of where we see you um, typically operate and that you would um, teach us how to be obedient um, in all things that, we would mm-hmm. pray without ceasing, that we would see you move in mighty ways, that we would uh, step into partnership with you more and more as of the story that you are writing, God. Wrap us up into your story. Um, so I, I, just, I, I bless you, God. We thank you. We mm-hmm. love you and we praise you. And it's in your name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. John, Alan, thank you so much for sharing this conversation. And thank you for being obedient to go to Kurdistan and to minister. And then also come back and tell us all about it. Awesome. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Darren. Thank you for listening to the Gardeners Podcast, part of Garden Church in Southern California. To find out more about our community and more ways you can get involved with global missions here, just visit us at garden.church.